The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Ketubot has been dedicated by our dear friend Mr. Elliot Shasho. Hashem Yishmineu Vehayehu. May the Zikrut of the Limud of Masechet Ketubot stand for him that he should have Be'ajat Hashem, Ashana Tovam Borechet, Osher Ve'osher Ve'chavod, Shalom Bayit, Ve'atzlacha Be'chol Ma'asei Yadav, and Be'ajat Hashem may he continue to be a supporter of Torah and all holy uh, projects. Amen. Daf Ayn Tet. Today's daf is being studied. The Nishmat of Abraham ben Esther, who Hashem Tehran began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied. The Fuash Lema Yosef ben Sarah, Vigam Sarah Bat Rachel. In the Refanelahem, Betoch Shear Chole Amo Yisrael. Amen. We begin today's daf on Ayn Tet Amud Bet. Seventeen lines from the bottom. Quote from our Mishnah: Mishneset elu ve'elu modim. We looked at our Mishnah that once a lady gets married and she inherits property from when she's married, so everybody agrees that she has no rights to sell those properties. And if she sells those properties, the husband has rights to remove them from the lekuchot. The explanation is. Because we're talking about over here Nechsemidlog are properties that the wife maintains the principle But the husband is able to eat perot Is able to eat the fruit And therefore once already the properties came in after the marriage Where the husband already has jurisdiction over his wife So everybody agrees that those properties cannot be sold And if they are sold he can take them he can take him back. So the Gemara says, "Leima tanina le'takanat usha." Let us say that our Mishnah is a support for the takanat that they made in usha. The Amar be Yosef, be Harina, be usha. That's where the Sanhedrin sat. Hitkinu aisha. They made a takanat that what aisha shemachra benichsemilog b'hayebala. A lady that sold her nichsemilog while her husband was still alive. Umeta. And then she died. That the husband is able to go to the Likuchot and remove them. So we want to say, our Mishnah is saying a similar thing. That the, lady, the husband has rights to go to the Likuchot. That, that supports the Takarat Usha that said, when the husband is married and then the lady sells Nechsemilog and then she dies, he can go and remove the Likuchot from the Likuchot. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Our Mishnah is not really based on Takarat Usha. Matnitin bechayea ulperot. Our Mishnah is limited that he can only go to the Likuchot when she's alive, and even when he goes to the Likuchot, he can only go to them to claim perot, but he cannot take the principle from the Likuchot. That's a new understanding the way uh, the way we're understanding our Mishnah. That which we said that the husband can go to the Likuchot and take it back, he cannot take back the principal. The principal was sold. She can sell the principal technically. The prin- when she can sell it, the sale is a sale. When she, when he's going to the Likuchot, he's only going to get back Perot. And according to the Mishnah, it's only when she is alive. Takanat Usha, the rabbis later on in Takanat Usha, they added to the Mishnah, they said, They came along and said that not only does it have to be the perot he can claim back, he can even claim back the actual karka itself, and not only during her lifetime, but even after her death. So the Mishnah was talking about at one point of the Takana, the rabbis extended the Takana, that the husband has more rights even after death, 
even to take back the ikar of the karka. Shah continues, Rabbi Shimon Holek ben Nechassim. Now we learned at the end of the Mishnah an interesting shitab Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon had like this. It depends what type of Nechassim, which means certain Nechassim the wife has the right to sell, and certain Nechassim she doesn't have the right to sell. And what are these Nechassim? There's Nechassim Yidu'im and Nechassim She'enam Yidu'im. Nechassim Yidu'im means properties that literally were known and the chasim she'enam yodim that were not known so what does that what does it mean known not known so the Gemara says eluhem yidu'in ve'eluhem she'en yidu'in what are those yidu'in not yidu'in amad abiyo sabit bihalina yidu'in mekarkaye yidu'in means land seems land is, is, is well known and the logic would be that since people know about transactions of land the husband must have known that this land is coming to his wife, and therefore in his mind, he's marrying her with intention to eat perot from this real estate that he knows she's going to get, and therefore she has no rights to sell it. She'enam yidu'in metaltalin. And enam yidu'in is metaltalin, movables, which the Gemara assumes over here, the husband really doesn't know, he could hide those from the husband, and therefore since he doesn't know that they're coming to her, he doesn't put in his mind that he's marrying her on condition, uh, you know, that he's able to eat the fruit from these things, therefore she's able to sell them. Stuff that you can hide from the husband, she doesn't have to show perot, she doesn't have to uh, give perot, but stuff that you can't hide, uh, she has to give perot. And what's the stuff? Karka, yeah, metatli, no. No, no, no. Karka, metaltalin, that's considered already known. Husband knows about both those things. Therefore, she cannot sell, not karka, and not metaltalin. The elu hen shenam yidu'in. You know what enam yidu'in is? Kol she yoshevet kam venafla nechassim bimdinat ayam. That a, a, a Yerusha felt her from overseas, which his husband doesn't know about it. That's what it means, enam yidu'in. Which means, whatever it was, which means it's out of the uh, area. And therefore, since he doesn't know about it, he's not so mechdat when he's getting married, that he wants to eat perot from these items. Therefore, those items she doesn't have to claim, so to speak. And therefore, she's able to, uh, 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 she doesn't have to give, uh, she's able to sell them, that's the point. Because the husband was never so mechdat on these items, they were not known to him. Tanya and Amehachim have been to support this. Eluhen she'enam neudu'in. Kod she'yoshevet kan, ve'naftulam nechassim, b'mdina tayam. Good, so that's the last shita of Rabbi Shimon, that sometimes the sale is void, that's on property, like I said, that was known to the husband, that means Yerushah that fell locally, he hears about it, but Sheikin Yerushah that falls so far off, he doesn't know about it, therefore she can't sell it. Comes to give what I now says, Hai itita. There was a lady, She wanted to uh, conceal or hide her property from her husband, which is getting married. She doesn't want the husband to eat perot. So she wants to somehow uh, divert or conceal her property from the husband. So what did she do? Kadvinu libarta. She wrote a star, so to speak, gifting the property to her daughter. So now already she gave it to the daughter, and now already when she goes into the marriage, uh, she doesn't got a, the husband doesn't eat perot. Now what happened? In Seba, when she got married, the Igarsha, now she got divorced. Okay. 
Now what happened? So now they came in front of Rahman because the daughter is claiming, well, it's my property. You, you gave me, you gifted it to me, I have to start. And uh, now you got divorced. The mother's claiming back, hey, listen, I want back that property. I only gave it to you as a, as a diversion so my husband will not uh, benefit from it. But I didn't really gift it to you. It was a, it was a, pl- it was a ploy. So they came in front of Rahman. Rahman ripped up the star. He told the daughter, you have no claims. Your mother only did this as a tactic, and therefore you really don't have a kinyan on it. She only did it in order that the husband doesn't get rights, so therefore goes back to your mother. Azad Rabbanan nikameh de Mor'ugba. Rabbanan went in front of Mor'ugba. Mor'ugba was the Abbedin. So he tells Mor'ugba, Hazeh Mor, look at what Nahman Hakla'a. Nahman the Hakla'a, Nahman the... The farmer, or Nachman, the, the one that's not, uh, the peasant, the one that's not fluent. How's he ripping up starot? Lady comes with a star, and what? He just rips up the star? What kind of business is this over here? Tell me, my, my beloved one, Gufa, or Hashuv one, Gufa de'uvda hechi hava. Tell me what the story was. What do you mean he just ripped up a star? Give me the details to the story. I have to know what was going on over here. He told Mrs. Nisab, the lady wants to get married, she didn't want the husband to know about the uh, property, so she wrote a start to her daughter, and then after she got divorced, she came back, the whole story was told over. What are you talking about? Are you talking about a star mavrahat? You're talking about a, a star that's written uh, in order to, to conceal uh, properties? He said that I got permission from the Rish Galut to say halachot. I got permission to say the following halacha. Peshtar Mavrahat comes to my hands, I'm going to tear it up. Because it's really not given over as a Kenyan, it's given over. Stab as a loophole, exactly. So he did right, Abn Ahmad. Comes Gemara and says, Amalir Abad Rab Nachman, Rabat tells Rab Nachman, Ta'ama Mai. What's the logic? I don't understand why it's not a, a legal uh, a transaction over here. De lo shavich inish nafshe viayiv laharini. Because you can assume a guy's not going to just write over his property to somebody else and give him all his property. And therefore, you see he's doing it as a tactic. He's not going to write some. I'm just going to, 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 to divert it from the husband. But you just write a start and give your property to a stranger? So he says, if that's the logic, I could argue that maybe that only applies to a stranger he doesn't want to give his property to. But maybe when he writes it to his daughter, maybe he wants his daughter to have it. It's his family. So maybe when she wrote it to the daughter, it's not a stranger. Maybe you could argue that the Kenyan is a Kenyan. Kebra says, no, afidu hachem, bimkom berata, nafsha adifala. Doesn't matter, when it comes to the person, even if it's his own daughter, he comes first in his mind. And therefore, he's not giving all his assets and writing it to his daughter. Therefore, it's called a shtar mavrahat. He didn't, the lady didn't mean to gift it to the daughter. It's just a, it's a tactic. And therefore, the Rabbi Nachman ripped it up. Metibe, metibe, or maybe. Oh, similar case. A lady wants to hide the uh, property from her husband. What does she do? A star of appeasement. When she comes to, she comes to the guy and says, Do me a favor, I need you to, you know, do me a favor. I need you to uh, accept this uh, property 
uh, in order, you know, to hide it from the husband. So just uh, like a piece of guy to be involved in this uh, situation. So it's called the Shtar Pasim Laharim. Devered a bunch of women come to yell. The Achamim Omrim, Achamim say no. Ratsa Mitzahikba. If that person can come along and tell uh, the uh, lady that what? Uh, I'm not giving it to you back. Which means, if you are a star like that, I'm giving you a star Mavrahat, uh, then you go back to a cousin, uh, I got divorced, uh, can I have my property back? So I'll see you later. You have a star here, it's my property, and see you later. If you write the star like that, according to Hakamin, uh, it's a Kenyan. Until you write it in the following way. You have to write it like this. Well, let's talk about how you're writing it. We'll say it like this. I'm writing you this uh, star over here, and it's from now. It's Kenyan is from now. When I want, when I will. When, will she, when, will she, when will she will? If let's say the husband comes along and says, "Hey, I want, uh, I want a piece of that uh, those uh, karka." Then she says at that point, I will. And therefore, retroactively, all those uh, properties belong to the third party. And therefore, the husband uh, doesn't get anything. Now, if the husband doesn't say anything, at the end, when she gets divorced, she can come along and say, I don't will. I don't will. So retroactively, nothing ever happens. She got a property back. Now, it doesn't give an insurance this for 100% for her because she can get uh, ruined. Once already, she says, I will. That's it. And then she loses the property. But the point is, according to Hakamid, it has to be written like this. It cannot just be written in It has to be written with that uh, condition where she says, if, if, I, uh, um, if I will this to happen, this transaction, it's effective from now. Now, when will she will it? If the husband gets, uh, gets hold of uh, the fact that there's a properties over there, she don't want him to get the pinot. So just come along and say, I will it. Well, that's going to go to the other one. But so you see over here that according to... Uh, Shemuel, Shemuel came along and said, I have a tradition, we rip up these uh, starot. What do you mean you rip up the starot? Sounds like movie here, unless you write it like this, you don't rip it up. And unless you write it like this, it's, uh, it sounds like it holds. So comes again what says, the only reason why it works because she wrote it like this, like the Khabib said. But if you didn't write it like that, Kanini Lokaya. To look at it's gone there. So I just give me a blanket statement and say, now nah, whenever these things came to me, we just ripped them up. Amar of Zera Lakashia, Habichula, Habimiksata. Depends how much you're writing over. The guy's writing over all his assets. It's clear that it's a shtar of Racha, and he doesn't mean to write over all his assets. Well, she wants to write over all the assets to somebody else. So therefore, you could assume that the whole thing is just a, a loophole that he's trying to use, and therefore, the Kenyan is not by the Lokaya. But if you're writing part of the assets over, also, then already it's got to be written in the, in the right way, because the person will give over maybe some of his assets, it has to be written like the Gibbara assets. So it depends all or nothing. Now the Gibbara has one major question. <laughs> the obvious question. So the case where let's say he's writing over uh, part of the uh, part of the nechassim, right? According to Shmuel, and Shmuel saying what? Look, he doesn't own it. It's a loophole. It's just a diversion tactic. Uh, so who, who's it really belong to? The husband, because this whole thing is uh, doesn't doesn't does not hal. So if the husband owns it, he should be able to eat perot. Why? What, what do you tell me over that this works? How could this work? according to the dean. This, this diversionary tactic does not work because really you're saying that from the fact that after the divorce she can go back to her daughter and the rabbis will say the whole thing was a hoax rip up the star, you get back the property so that means it was husband the whole time the wives and then when she got married really the husband 
should have been allowed to eat the perot. How we say go over it? This works. The Talmud should eat perot. Kibbutz says, Amar Asaum kinchasim she'en yiduim lebagal ba'alibad Rabbi Shimon. Didn't we just learn a quote Rabbi Shimon that properties that are not known to the husband, she doesn't have to give him perot because when he married, he married, he didn't mar- he married al data. She doesn't have to these these items. So this situation is considered like nechasim she'enam yiduim. It's like assets that are not well known because she covered them up. And then, what's the rule according to Bishamon? The husband didn't know about these items at the time he got married. Not so mechdat, therefore he doesn't get perot. So this is similar. This is working with Rabbi Shimon's logic. She went before the marriage. She went. She hid these properties. He never knew about them when he got married. Now, even though he found out after, so she didn't know going into the marriage these properties existed. So it's okay, even though technically you didn't make uh, them over to anybody. I don't have to be making them over technically to anybody. Which means this is like the same sevara of Rabbi Shimon. He didn't know about them. It has the same the same status, and therefore the husband cannot eat the uh, perot. She right before the Mishnah explains. Exactly, which means he's thinking that this tactic worked. When he's getting married to her, he knows he wrote all the assets to her daughter. In his brain, he doesn't know that the status doesn't work and it's really nothing. In his mind, he thinks they're gone. So if I have the same status of Nikasim Shalami Dream, and therefore she cannot come. When he's marrying guys, not marrying al that these properties are indeed his. That's the way that she's uh, fixing it up. That she, the Mishnah comes along and says, now let's review the law of Nechsem and Log. Let's review the law of Nechsem and Log. A lady brings in, let's say, to the marriage, or let's say even after the marriage, let's say she gets a windfall profit, she gets money. Now the husband gets the right to enjoy the fruit of that money. Now, money itself has no fruit. Which means if you can just start giving the husband money, eventually the principal is going to wear its way out. Halakha says that you, you only have to give the husband fruit in the case where the principal is able to remain. Right, you can only give the interest, but if the principal remains, when you start giving him uh, money, uh, there's not going to be any more interest, there's not going to be any more principal for the lady. So what they do is in all these cases is, they take the monies, the movables, and they buy karka. Karka is a stable item, real estate, and now he starts eating the fruit of the real estate. So the principal stays, generally speaking, real estate holds its value, doesn't depreciate, and therefore, that, that's what the Mishnah is going to discuss in all these cases, when she brings in movables, the movables are sold, karka is bought, she holds onto the karka, and he eats the perot. Alright, now we're going to discuss that. Give us this, Mishnah. Naflula kesafim, let's say money is felt karka, so they buy real estate, perot. Okay, and uh, he eats the perot. Perot et tilushin mila karka. Okay, let's say she brings in perot. Remember, perot, perot that are plucked from the ground already. So that's like money. So therefore, you like, what are you going to give the guy? Perot? If you give the guy to eat the perot, there's going to be nothing left for. So therefore, yilakah ben karka. Again, sell the perot, buy a piece of land. Vehu ochel perot. Okay, now we discuss the following case. Perot amhubarim bekarka. How do you look at perot that are attached to the ground? Which means she inherited a field and there was fruit in the field already. Attached to the ground. How do you look at those uh, fruit obvious? So the Bimi is going to uh, say that uh, these fruit uh, that are attached to the ground are considered like ground. And therefore it's not considered perot. So therefore, how do you evaluate now? What are you, you going to do? 
So Yomar says, Amar bimir, shamin ota kamei yafa beperot. You calculate how much is the field's value now that it has perot on it. Let's say the field with the perot on it is appreciated, it's worth a thousand dollars. Be kamei yafa beperot. Then what is it worth? Let's say if these perot would not be on the field. Let's say it would be only worth eight hundred. So therefore, what happens? Umotar. So with the extra, the, the difference that's in it, two hundred. Yilakach bein karka. He buys a piece of land. Vehu ochel perot. She gets the karka and he eats the perot. Which means, according to this, the perot is considered the wife's. And therefore, but uh, it's not considered his. He doesn't eat from those fruits since they're attached to the ground and they came in to the to the marriage or they came into her. With the fruit already on the field, so when the fruit already on the field, according to the bimir, it's field, and therefore it's considered a kark. But he gets to eat perot, so how is he going to eat the perot? So therefore, on with those items, you calculate what the field was worth. Now, what the field was worth without them, buy karka with it. She gets the karka, and the husband gets the perot. say no. They say the opposite. When the field, let's say, comes into business with perot on it, those perot already. His because the Bimi's logic is like this. It doesn't go when it fell. Which is according to the Bimi, he said, it fell when the perot were on the field. It's considered karka. Can we say no? It goes not in whose possession when it fell, it goes who plucked them off the field. At the time of the plucking, who's plucking them off the field? They're already married. Already the husband's plucking them off the field. And therefore, it goes from the time that you harvest them. At the time that you harvest them, already it's in the husband's possession, and therefore those fruit are considered perot. So therefore, the field that says perot on it, you could uh, pick the fruit immediately. I mean, those fruit already considered this. Vatilushin min akarkashela. But tilushin, that if they're, if, they're, if, they're not, if, they're, if they're not on the ground, they're regular tilushin, so they are, it's considered like money. And if you sell the fruit, and you buy, uh, you buy a piece of land. Because that's the mahluk between how do you look at fruit that's attached to the ground? Look at that she, please. That she says, Shamin Ota. The Kasabar, according to the Perot. According to only stuff that grew in the husband's jurisdiction are considered Perot. Like this case of it didn't grow in his possession, it was inherited to the wife. With the perot on the field already, have ikirin lefichach ma'ashudem akarka yekarim akshab b'shvil tivu azu. The fact that the field appreciated as a result of this fruit that's on it, sarichli ten ladamim. He gives her money for that. The yiknu b'em karka buys field. The yochalu peroteh avachamim say no. Af edu shelogadu brishlo. Even these fruits that did not grow in his possession, she just inherited with the fruit on it. Torah perot netnu. As a din of perot, who eat my karka kayemet. Since she has the field, the field is considered the principal, this is considered fruit, and by him eating the fruit, it doesn't ruin the principal, and therefore he can eat just to start eating from the fruit that's on the field itself. Rabbi Shimon Omer. Rabbi Shimon says that Rabbi Shimon actually, seemingly, is just going to repeat the shitav the hachamim in a, in a, like a, in a, in a flowery language. That what? That the husband gets the fruit that's on the field when the lady inherited it. It's considered the husband's. Now, how's he going to say that? He says the following: which means if he, if it's the advantage is to him, advantage husband, 
when it comes in, meaning when the fruit was on the field and it came into the marriage, like that, it was inherited like that, advantage husband, because those fruit are considered fruit with husband eats, so it's but he is weakened on the way out, which means in the case of divorce, and now those fruit are attached on the uh, on the field, he doesn't get them. That belongs to the husband. That belongs to the wife. Because the logic of Hakamim and this sheet does what? They're his because it goes in the time of the plucking. And therefore, when they pluck them, they become his. Masha'ikin, when the divorce happens, they weren't plucked it. Therefore, it goes back to the, to the wife. Now, makom Now, in a place where, let's say, his, um, his uh, advantage is weakened on the entry. For example, let's say she inherited fruit. Fruit that are plucked already. So he's, that's considered hers, which means he doesn't have rights to those fruit yet. She has to sell them and buy karka, right? But let's say he just she inherited just uh, uh, loose fruit. So he's he's weakened in his power. But on the divorce, he is strengthened. Why? Because these are raw fruits of their fruit now. And therefore he'll get those fruit on the on the way out. Kids, I think he explains it. Perot the The perot are attached to the ground when she gets to the field. Right? And during the marriage, when she when the couple lands by her, he eats the fruits. Right? Once he picks them, goes after the picking. Who's, who's possession with the fruits at the time of the picking? His. But if he, she gets divorced and these fruits are still on the field, he didn't pick them. If it goes back to the Wife, the husband has no rights to them. But if they came into her tilushin from the karka, then then they hus. Because we said that when the tilushin is considered like money, he doesn't eat from those fruit. However, but on the way out, if she has a fruit that already plucked from the ground, those fruit are considered the husband's. He eats them on the way out. As she says, which means if he plucked them, let's say when she was still alive, now she died, well, these were his already, because the bottom line he was okay to them at the time of the plucking, therefore they are his. So therefore it's basically the shitab, the hakamim, that stuff that's attached to the ground is considered his, uh, because bottom line, I don't care that it came into our possession when they were underground. It's not considered karka. Bottom line, he picks them. When he picks them, he's married to her. Therefore, considered his. This shita will be repeated on the Amud Bet, and we will say it again as well. Now, the Gibraltar is going to discuss different properties or different items that are uh, <coughs> proper to spend the money. To, 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 for, for, in order to get perot. Let's say the lady brought in money. Now you have a choice to buy a house, or you have a choice to buy a, a tree. So the question, what's, what's, the better, what's the better investment? I'll tell you the better investment where... So the Gabbara says, Peshita ar'a'u If it's a choice of just a real estate, a piece of property where you can plant, ubate or houses, you buy you buy land. It seems that the houses will uh, depreciate over time, uh, but the uh, karka is able to work it and able to get the the advantage of the husband and to the wife, because the husband is more perot and the wife will keep her uh, principal. So that was ara ubate ara. buying a house or declare declare is trees, okay? Date trees, palm trees. Gemara says bate, and houses are better. Because the trees, they could dry up, and therefore you lose the uh, principle. But the houses, they're more, uh, more stable. Now, if it's a choice of a dekel, which is a palm tree, or a regular tree, you buy the palm tree. Why? 
Because the tree does not regenerate. Mashiach in a palm tree, it regenerates. So therefore it's more of a you know, sturdy item. Now, if it's a choice between a regular tree or grapevines, then you buy the because it seems the grapevines, they dry up, and therefore you can lose the whole uh, item. So therefore they're giving you choices. Bottom line, the rules we just said over here, what is considered the more durable item? That's all it is. And it's going to last the longest time. That's the, and the point is it's saying that... Uh, Let's say the uh, one of the two wants to buy the wrong item, the other one can object. Right? For example, let's take the first case. We said land is better. Let's say the wife calls us, I want to buy the house. The husband can say, no, 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 no. It's not to my advantage that you buy a house when there's land available. I'd rather we buy the land, and because you're ruining my perot uh, angle. Or the opposite. Let's say the husband says, buy the house. She'd come along and say, no, no, this is my principal over here. You're affecting me. I'd rather buy the item that the principal's going to be more... Uh, Stable, and they will both have rights to object in order to buy the more durable item. Okay, now the Gemara gives another rule over here. Abazardata, you have a forest of trees that produce zardata, sorb trees. That's like a sour apple trees. Upirat de chavre, and there's a Pond of fish. Those are the two items uh, we're discussing now. The discussion over here is, how do you look at it? Which is, do you look at it and see a pond of fish? Do you consider the ground of the pond itself, the karka, that's the principle, and the fish, perot. Now if you look at it like that, the husband could just eat uh, the fish, and I'm not worried if he eats all the fish, because bottom line, you're not ruining her principle. Because the principle is the ground of the... Uh, or do you say, no, since these things don't regenerate, that maybe the whole thing is considered principle. Same thing with the forest trees. And the forest trees, well, the ground is hers. So, or, and, and the trees themselves. So do you say, let the husband eat uh, perot, and because uh, you're not ruining the, uh, the ground and the tree itself, or do you consider the whole forest itself... Principle. That is the question. So the Gemara says like this: Amri la pira. Some look at the fish and the trees as fruit that the husband can benefit. The Amri la karna. And some look at the whole situation as principle. Now look at Ashi. Look at look at Ashi on the on the three lines on the bottom. Amri la pira. Imnaflu la birusha. If they felt are in a yirushari's eye, let's say the forest. Right, the cutting of these trees, these fish, who pityan? Once she tells us that's the pity. The husband can get the wood, and she's keeping the karka. The karka who kerin? The amri and some say no. The whole thing is considered principle. Why? But after a while, you're going to give all the, the trees. The trees, the trees don't go back. Then we can give the trees to the husband. That's it. She lost the trees. So maybe you consider that item all now principle. So that's the she'ila. How do you classify these two situations? Is the fish and the trees perot? Then you give them to the husband. Ah, but where's the kaden? The kaden will be the, the, the ground under it. Or do you say, no, since these items, if he's going to take all these fish, there's no more, there's any more fish. And there's not going to be any more trees, because they don't grow. So therefore it's all considered principle. So you get what I answers. You want to know the rule when it comes to this? Giz'om mahlif pira. If the trees regenerate, that's considered perot. 
אין גזעון מחליף כאן, אבל אם אתה לא מגנרט, זה לא קצרת פירות, אם זה קצרת קרן, כי Vlad Behemat Milog. Okay, let's get the case over here. Lady brings it to a marriage, Behema. Okay. And now what happens? The Behema is a child. So that's considered, we assume that the actual mother animal is considered the kid in the principle. The baby that comes out is considered Pirot. Okay? So we assume we could we consider it Pirot. Now a Ganav, a thief from somewhere else comes along, he steals the Vlad of the behemat milog. Okay. okay, now, off the bat he has to pay kefil. A thief has to pay double. Who does he pay the double to? Now, we would assume, just thinking straight, well, if the perot belonged to the husband, he stole perot, the car of the husband should get the, um, the double payment. You want to say that. Mishalem tashlume kefil leisha. Now, what's the logic? So at this point, that she says, second line, Le'isha ve'lo le'ba'al. Kasal kadatach, ve'kasabar, ena valdot peri ela keren. Ve'ilkach ba'en karka, de'hayshin an shema tamuta'em ve'yikhla keren. Which means, maybe I look at it like this. When you're dealing with an animal, there's a chance that the animal could die. Correct? Now if the animal dies, the mother dies, so there goes the whole, uh, there goes the whole kid in. So in items like that, we don't consider the fruit, fruit. Because we said the only time we consider fruit, fruit, is when he gets fruit and the kid in remains intact. But, but if the kid, which is a field, the field remains intact and he eats fruit, that's okay, eat all the fruit you want, because the field remains intact. Mashiach in here, we're not going to give the guy uh, the perot, because she can end up losing everything. If this animal dies, it's over. So then we consider the whole thing hers. The whole thing is considered kerin. And therefore, if somebody steals it, it's really to the wife, the kefir. That's what the Gibran is assuming at this point. Comes the and analyzes now. Keman, who's this going like? They tell me the animals are considered the wives. Look at Abarav, look at Hananya. It's not going like any of the following two opinions. Netanya, Vlad Behemat Milog. Good. You have the Vlad of a Behemat Milog. That's the 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 the, 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 the offspring of this Behemat Milog. Lebaal. First opinion says what? It belongs to the husband, like a regular perot. Vlad Shifchat Milog. Oh, but if it's a Shifchat that she brought into the marriage, the child of the Shifchat Milog, Leisha. That belongs to the wife. everybody will agree to this case why 
The rabbis, what advantage do they give the husband? Pirot. He gets to eat the fruit. For example, the animal itself is considered pirot. The animal is his. The mother is the kerin, that's the wives. He gets to eat fruit. What's fruit? The child. They the offspring. However, pira de pira lo The fruit of the fruit, the rabbis did not give the husband. Kefil is the fruit of the fruit. Because the fruit is the offspring of the mother. Now that offspring is producing fruit. What's that? The double payment of kefir. That's not his. Understand? Mm-hmm. Perot, yeah. But what's the perot? The offspring. That's already perot. That's the first level of perot. Now this peri, by the fact that it got stolen, produces now profit. Because now, now you, you, you get double. You get double. So therefore, since that's the payment of kefir, so the deen is Peri tiknura banan, banan pera de peri. We should point out what was mentioned. That the Tosfot points out that we said that the kefil goes to the isha because the kefil is considered uh, pira de pira. That's the uh, fruit of the fruit. But she'ekin the principle, the first payment goes to the husband because bottom line, his animal got uh, eaten up, got stolen. Therefore, he gets to reimburse. That's peri. But the kefil, the isha. Now the Gemara says, "Bishtama la Hananya." Hananya is the opinion that said that all the perot, uh, whether it's the shifhaz, children offspring, or the animals offspring, they considered the husbands. That's considered perot. So he's consistent. And what's the shita based on? Hainu delo haishinan lemita. He doesn't suspect that the mother animal is going to die. So therefore, the husband can eat perot without affecting the. Principle. And therefore, it's like he's not suspecting that the mother shifha is going to die, he's not suspecting that the mother animal is going to die. So that goes with our rules. That as long as the canon is intact, the, the husband gets to eat the perot. Now, the ilan of banan, well, the rabbis were a little tricky because they split the uh, ticket over here. They said when it comes to shifha, the shifha is considered, the vlad of the shifha is considered the wives. But when it came to the vlad of the animal, it's considered the husbands. Well, are you hoshesh to mita or not? If you have to mita, you have to hoshesh across the board. If you have to hoshesh to mita, across the board, how can you split the vlad of the shifha to the, to the wife and the vlad of the animal to the husband? So the government analyzes. If you're suspecting what? That the mother dies. So suspected even by the offspring of the animal. And then we should go to the wife. Now, look. If you're not suspecting to mita, so I feel vlad shifhat melog nameh. So therefore that should always go to the husband, which means b'malafshach. So the Gemara says, Le'olam haishinan lemita. According to Hachamim, we are choshesh to mita. We are choshesh that the mother shifhat is going to die. And we are choshesh that the mother animal is going to die. But so what? Veshani be'ema di'ika ora. But when the animal dies, she doesn't lose out everything yet. Because she still gets the benefit from the skins. So therefore, what's the rule? So long as the principle is kayam, the husband gets to eat the perot. It's not like money. Money, if the husband's going to start eating the money, there's nothing. He's eating into the principle. Ah, I really hoshesh the hakim the mother animal might die. But so what? Even if it dies, she still has kerin. But if the mother shifcha dies, what's the kerin? You can have the skin of the shifcha. So therefore, that's already principle. And therefore, when it comes to the shifha, you have to choshesh to mita. Therefore, the whole thing, mother and child, is considered principal. My animal, the death of the animal still supplies. Therefore, it's considered uh, the shifha, the valot go to the 
husband. Amar avuna barhiya amar shuan halakha kehananya. Okay, in halakha falls hanya. There's no difference between the vlad of the shifcha and not those between the vlad of the animal. And both are considered perot. Even though he said Let's say they got divorced. She pays money and takes them. Takes what? The perot. Which perot? That she, she takes zakhab v'ladot shehem keperot tedushim, or the children of the shifchara. She says, why? Mepenes shevach bet aviha. A new principle. Shevach bet aviha is the praise of her father's house. She's like this. It's a it's a praiseworthy thing that she came into this marriage and she inherited shevachot. That's like a status uh, symbol over there she got from her uh, father. Mm-hmm. Now, normally, okay, as long as they're married, the law is that the husband gets the, the children. That's the, that's the rule. The work of the children, whatever that means. Right? The pirot. The pirot belongs to the husband. He gets the benefit from them. However, the Gebra is saying a hadush. At the time of divorce, she has rights to come along and say, those pirot that are yours, I'm buying them from you. Because mm-hmm. there's a concept of that's like an heirloom item. She's proud that the father gave her these shifahot, so she has rights at the time of the divorce to buy back the pirot. That's all the Gebra says. So, shfah betabiyah. Amar Abba, Amar Ab Nachman. Hichnisa lo ez lechelba. Let's say she went into the marriage, she inherited as a goat for, for the milk. V'rachel gizata. Or a uh, sheep for its uh, shearings. Or a chicken uh, for the eggs. Or a tree for its perot. Interesting. He's able to eat all these items, even if it wears away the principle. Which means he's going to wear away the, uh, the goat, he's going to wear away the chicken, the, 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 the tree. Now, I thought we had a rule over here. I thought we said, if you wear away the principle, then the whole thing belongs to the lady. You don't give her the perot. So that she says over here, I'm not worried. Even if the animal, if the goat dies, you wear it, you wear it out, so what? She still has principle. What does she have? She has the hide. Even if the chicken dies, she still has the feathers. Whatever she's going to do with the feathers. What is she going to do with the dried up uh, tree? She has the wood. And the rest is perot, which means the eggs keep on coming every day. The first considered perot, which means that's considered an item that's uh, produced. That's the normal way of benefiting from these items. So therefore, even though, let's say, by benefiting from these items, it's going to wear away the principle, but even if the principle gets worn away, there's still something that always remains. Amar of Nachman. Let's say she brought it, she got into the marriage, she inherited the gilima, a, a jacket, a coat. So what's the pirot of a coat? Pira havi The pirot are usage, wearing it. Pira havi. Pira Until it wears out. Oh, it's wearing out. What do you mean? She's losing her principle. No. Keman kiaitana. This is following the opinion that says that what? Because bottom line, when it wears out, she still has skins there. She still has the coat. Because better leather, let's say. So if it's worn out, then she can't wear as a coat anymore. But there's still value. It doesn't depreciate totally, and therefore he gets to use the coat. Like the following tana that said, 
Hamelach ve'achol. Let's say she brings the inherits, let's say a uh, quarry of salt, not a quarry actually, it's like uh, by the ocean, it's like a, a ditch in the ground where the salt water goes in, and then the sun hits the uh, salt water, it dries, it dries it up, and now she has, let's say, the ground underneath with the salt inside. Now what's going to happen? If he eats all the salt, the salt doesn't regenerate. And therefore, the question is, how do you look at that? Does she own the whole salt uh, mine with the... Salt, or could the husband eat the salt and will look at it and say, well, she has bottom on the ground. The ground of the quarry doesn't uh, go anywhere. Yeah. So, the Chol is like sand for building. It's considered pirot. Why? Because since the ground is always there, the ground of the, where the salt is, that's the kanka. Even though the salt itself doesn't regenerate, similar like the coat, the coat doesn't regenerate, but bottom the, the, the coat, the skin is still there. Similarly, when the, the salt, the salt doesn't regenerate, but the, the ground is still there. Now, perishil, pirshil gofrit. That's what a, uh, a sulfur pit. Mahporet shil tsrif. That's a uh, pit of uh, alum. It's a type of herb. Rabim iromir keren, bachamim unim perot. How do you look at that? Let's see the mahloke. Pir gofrit. Rabim iromir keren. He looks at, no, he says, bottom line, you need all the sulfur, the sulfur doesn't regenerate. So sell the whole item, buy field, she keeps the field, into perot. The other rabbi comes along and says, perot. Why? Look at that she. Because again, he looks at the sulfur, I know the sulfur doesn't regenerate, but the, the ground there. The ground is us. And therefore, let him finish the sulfur till it's finished. She said, Priyo, Vedere Karato, Vuadini Gidima. So too when it comes to a coat. Vedodamu the Kesafim. Doesn't that smell the money? Because once he eats the money, they're not left over for the lady. Therefore you sell it. Mashiach and the coat, you use it up, you cannot be worried anymore, but it's not something left over. So too if he ate all the sulfur, but what? The ground is still there. So therefore you see that he has the same, uh, the same law. Last point to the Gemara. Rabbi Shimonom in Makopsi Afekoho. Last point. We said in the Mishnah, we had a shitav hakamim and Nabi Shimon. Both agreed that when a lady inherits a field with pirot on the field already, the pirot are on the field, those are considered the husbands. Those are considered pirot, even though technically they were attached to the field. When they, so they came in belonging to her because it was on the field and the pirot were on the field. It's considered pirot. Why? Because they say he goes after the harvest. When are you plucking these fruit? When you're plucking them already, they're by the husbands already. Because right, it's in the marriage already. So at the time of the pluck, the time of the harvest, they're his. So therefore, even though it came in, they didn't, they say better, they didn't grow in his jurisdiction, but so long as it's going to be plucked in his jurisdiction, they consider perot. Therefore, what happens in this case? She comes into the, she got married, inheritance, boom, there's a field filled with wheat. Hachamim say that wheat is considered perot. Even though when it fell in, it fell in already made. The field with fruit, doesn't matter. You're harvesting it, right? I'm harvesting when we're married already. That's, that's, that's in my jurisdiction. Therefore, he gets the... Now, the Bishmon basically echoed the same, the same point. So the Gibraltar said, what's the nafkamina between Hachamim and the Bishmon? Both are saying it goes after the harvest. So the Gibraltar said, there's a nafkamina. The Bishmon, I don't tell you, a case that the Mishnah did not discuss. Let's say that they got divorced and at the time of the divorce there was still stuff attached to the ground. Oh. So the Bishim is going to say, 
if it's still attached to the ground, he didn't harvest them yet, goes after Hachamim is going to say, no. He didn't harvest yet, doesn't matter. Which is Hachamim Alini, they play both sides. They say it's always advantage husband. Which means, if, if, the, if it was hard, when, when it falls into the marriage, when they're married, it goes after the harvest. Advantage husband. Now, when it comes after the, the divorce, it goes after, Pinot bottom line. It goes uh, from when, uh, from, 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 from now. And therefore, either way, Hakim is going to be lenient more than to be Shimon on the divorce, where there's Pinot in the field already. Hakim is going to say, both ways it goes to the husband, where according to Bishu, says, no, 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 it goes after the harvest, and therefore, it goes to the lady in this case. Baruch Amen, Amen.